Penn State is now 2-0, and they've got a big, massive test on its way to Happy Valley in Week 3. I'm Kevin McGuire. Let's recap everything that went down in Week 2 and start to turn the page to what's ahead for the Penn State Nittany Lions. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. Let's get started. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's simply no better place to get all the Big Ten coverage you need than with the Locked On Big Ten podcast with Nate Dickinson and a rotating panel of co-hosts, including yours truly, every Tuesday on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Big Ten podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And what's going on, everybody? My name is Kevin McGuire. I'm the host of this Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. New episodes every Monday through Friday, of course, available on all of your favorite audio podcasting platforms, including what I just mentioned, the Odyssey platform, which is personally one of the best apps that I think is out there for all of your Locked On podcasts, all of your sports podcasts, your sports radio stations, your music, your other podcasts that you may be listening to. Get it all on the Odyssey app, download it to your phone, make sure it's updated so it's ready to go when you go to work, when you hit the bus, hit the gym. Take all their podcasts with you on the Odyssey app. And of course, we're available on every other podcasting platform under the sky, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Podcasts. However you get your podcasts, make sure you follow the Locked On Big Ten podcast and the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast and give us those five-star ratings and reviews. That really helps us out. Of course, this is also a big week for the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast because we are now officially on YouTube. That's right. Some of you may be seeing us for the very first time or hearing us for the very first time, and you're getting a chance to look inside behind the microphone, behind the lens a little bit as we are broadcasting live on our brand new YouTube page. I've been teasing it for a little while. We finally got it all set up, ready to go, and what better week to get the YouTube channel started up than this week with Penn State facing the Auburn Tigers at the end of the week. We're going to have a lot of fun, so you want to make sure you come back to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so you get notified every time a new video does go live on the YouTube channel. And, of course, leave those comments because we want to interact with you there in addition to all the other ways we want to interact with you, including Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. You can also check us out on Instagram at instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. All the items and the links for that will be down in the description of this video and of this podcast. So wherever you may be hearing or seeing this, make sure you check out all those links down below in the show notes for today's episode. We're going to recap everything that went down, give you my initial reactions and impressions from Penn State's Week 2 victory against the Ball State Cardinals. A lot of good things that I took away from this game, and I think that you probably did as well, as you should, because this was a good all-around performance by Penn State, a 44-13 victory against the defending MAC champions. And as I said on the podcast last week, this is not a Ball State team that you should have been taking lightly. I know for a casual Penn State fan, you may not be too familiar with the inner workings of what's going on in the MAC. And certainly the 2019 or the 2020 season, I should say, was a little bit of a bizarre one. I think we all understand that. So it was kind of hard to have a real gauge on where some teams are. But if you looked at what Ball State were brought to the table on that depth chart, a lot of veteran experience. So anytime you take on a team like that, no matter what conference versus conference matchup you're looking at, and no matter how much talent and skill your team may have compared to the recruiting talent that the other team has, 
when you have as many upperclassmen and veteran players as Ball State has, you know you're going to be taking on a pretty good team. And Ball State is a pretty good team. They just didn't have anywhere near the firepower that they were going to need to give this Penn State defense a run for the money. And it certainly helped that the Penn State offense got off to a terrific start. And I think all the answers that you were looking for out of the offense were there right out of the gate. Uh, a week after so many offensive struggles in the first half of the game against Wisconsin on the road, obviously a different caliber of defensive opponent for uh, Wisconsin and Ball State. But I think you wanted to see Penn State's offense get off to a much quicker start. And what better way to start a game than with a 76-yard touchdown drive on your first offensive series? Follow that up with another strong defensive showing. I think there was two, three and outs from the defense to start the game, if I'm not mistaken. And then the next time the offense comes out on the field, how about a 78-yard touchdown drive? Just like that. You get two terrific defensive stands. You get two long, spanning the length of the field, or as far as they had to go on the field, touchdown drives out of the offense. Sean Clifford locked in right from the start, and he's spreading the football around. Everybody was getting involved. I mean, you were completing passes to Jahan Dotson. Parker Washington, Theo Johnson caught a pass at one point. I believe Noah Tain caught a pass. I forget if Kevon Lee was in mix uh, as a receiver earlier on or not, but basically he was completing passes all over the field, getting the tight ends involved, which was not a factor against Wisconsin. So offensively, things were much more ready to go. And again, we have to recognize the fact that this was not Wisconsin's defense they were going up against in week two. It was Ball State. Uh, but again, very veteran presence from Ball State. So you knew that Ball State wasn't necessarily going to be intimidated. And I uh, just felt as though Penn State still had the talent. And I expected a lot more out of the offense this season overall. And I think we got a little bit of a glimpse of that in week two against Ball State. So my initial reaction is the fact that the offense did what I wanted to see out of it. At home, I uh, guess feeding off of the uh, re-energized crowd from Beaver Stadium certainly helps. It can't hurt, right? And I do think that uh, this is going to be an offense that's still going to be pretty formidable throughout the course of the season. And we're going to get into some of the things that I think when I'm looking around the rest of the Big Ten to see where Penn State fits in in the bigger picture here because it is still a small sample size with just two games uh, on the records right now against a very good Wisconsin team, certainly at home, and against a pretty decent MAC team uh, in Ball State. So it's still kind of trying to figure some things out and figure out exactly where Penn State is compared to the rest of the Big Ten. I happen to think that they're certainly up there. I'm not ready to say that they're the best team in the Big Ten. I think a couple other teams probably still have a legitimate case to be made for that at this point in time. But I think all things considered, uh, what we've seen out of two weeks of Big Ten play, Penn State is going to be here to play. And I think that that's the level of competition that James Franklin has helped build this program to establishing and believing in and rising to the occasion with. So I think that this Penn State team, through two weeks, has certainly gotten the tone set for what could be a very good season. Very big challenges still ahead for Penn State, of course, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later in this podcast. But I do want to say that it was good to see fans back in the stands. I know I've had some complaints about the home game environment at Beaver Stadium. Maybe I'm a little cranky in that respect, but it was just good to see everybody back in there. Uh, I forget what the exact total was, but I think it was 105,000 and something. It is the largest home opening crowd in quite some time for Penn State, which was to be expected when you didn't have a chance to go to any home game last year. Uh, you knew that the first game where fans were going to be allowed to come into the stands, and if it's going to be 100% open capacity, you knew that there was going to be a sizable crowd for this game, no matter who the opponent was going to be. 
Things are going to get a little bit more fun this weekend. Saturday night, ABC is going to be coming in for the national primetime broadcast between Penn State and Auburn. First regular season meeting between the two. And we'll talk about that game all week. We still want to kind of recap everything that's been going on in week two and kind of see where the dust is settling on this uh, particular weekend of college football for Penn State. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize packs? Because prize packs is daily fantasy made easy. Here's what you need to know. Okay, first of all, prize packs, they offer every sport you can think of from the NFL, college football, college basketball. They've got Major League Baseball. You name it, they've got it. And they offer more college football props than anyone in the world. And they offer all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of, but you will now because you're going to be paying attention to your daily fantasy picks. Here's how it works. Okay, you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers, okay? You don't have to compete against anybody else. It's just you versus the numbers. And all the users that deposit and use the promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price picks is safe, and it offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Just a quick reminder before we continue into this next segment that I want to make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. So if you're not already, head over to Twitter and search for Locked On Nittany. That's at Locked On Nittany and send us your questions and send us your comments so that we can use them in our Twitter Tuesday episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. We do have a lot of fun content coming your way on the podcast this week, including on our new YouTube channel. So we're going to be talking some Auburn Tigers with Zach over from Locked On Auburn. We're going to try to hook up with Chris Gordy, who hosts the Locked On SEC podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. So we're going to have a lot of fun conversations throughout the week, but we also want to include you guys as well. So send us your questions, send us your comments, and in the Tuesday edition of the podcast, I'll try to answer as many as I can. So you can also leave them in the comments of this video on YouTube, and we will include those in our Twitter Tuesday episode as well. So fill up the comments, fill up the tweet mentions, and we'll try to get to all of your questions in the next episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. So one of the things I'm looking forward to reviewing when we take a look at the two weeks of Big Ten football that we've seen so far, and when I say that, I mean the games played by Big Ten teams, not necessarily the Big Ten games that we have seen, including Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa, and uh, Indiana, and of course, Ohio State, Minnesota, just to name a couple. I think there have been a couple others out there, but those are games that are certainly going to carry some weight as we move into the season. But I think if you really just take a small microscope on what we have seen in the first two games of the season, there are a couple takeaways that you can probably say. You know, it's really easy to overreact to something that happens in one week or two weeks and suppose that that's going to be the story throughout the course of the season. As we know, that's probably not going to be the case in most instances. However, I do think that we are seeing a couple of developments that are going to be pretty interesting to just keep tabs on as the season moves along. And as far as Penn State's concerned, I still think the offense is going to be just fine. But I think if there's something you can say from the first two games of the season is when they go up against a team that can play some solid defense, it might be a little bit tricky, right? Because, you know, no disrespect to Ball State, but they were not Wisconsin's defense. And I think going into Madison, Wisconsin for the first game of the season, when Big Ten fans are coming back to Camp Randall Stadium and you saw the kind of atmosphere they had there, 
it's not the easiest situation to be in, especially with a new offensive coordinator. As high as I am on Mike Yersich, and I'm very high on him, I do feel as though that's not the perfect situation to try and get the ball rolling your way right at the start of the season. But we did see some adjustments that were made in halftime. So overall, I'm going to be okay with the offense. But I do think that when they play teams like Iowa and maybe even the Michigan Wolverines, those are going to be some tougher defensive matchups that might be a little funky at times, might be a little sluggish, might be a little slow going. And you better be prepared to win some lower scoring games if that happens to be the case. Good news is we've seen them do that on the road against Wisconsin. So you know that they can win that kind of a game. We'll see what happens if that kind of game presents itself again. And I'm already looking forward to the Iowa game coming down the line here. Uh, not to look ahead or anything, but I think when you're just talking about Big Ten play, I always thought that Penn State had five swing games on their schedule, all right? So they had Wisconsin, they had Iowa, uh, Michigan, Indiana. Um, you want to throw Maryland in there, that's fine. I think overall I had Auburn as a swing game, but we'll just focus on the Big Ten game. So four swing games, if they can win the majority of them, they're in really good shape because you go three and one. That puts you in a really good spot as far as the Big Ten is concerned. Probably still have to get by Ohio State. I'll get to them in just a minute. But I think now if Penn State can go on the road in a couple of weeks and take care of business of Indiana with Indiana first at home and then go on the road against Iowa, those are your two big games that could make or break your season before you get into more Big Ten division play against teams like Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, I still got to play uh, Maryland. Michigan State's been looking pretty decent as well. So I think you're seeing some teams are looking a little bit better than I think a lot of people were anticipating, but we'll see if that can continue. Michigan State is one of them. Michigan State has looked really good, especially on the offensive line. So I feel like that could be a little bit more of an imposing threat by the time that that game comes around later in the season. But we'll see where the Spartans go. Obviously, uh, competition hasn't been necessarily real deep for them so far. But I think Michigan State has shown some strides forward. So credit to them for that. Michigan has looked really good uh, that Michigan can run the football and they can play some defense. They did so against Western Michigan and a Washington team that lost at home to Montana. So I'm not getting too carried away, but I like what I've seen out of Michigan. It's the kind of brand of football that I expect Michigan to thrive with. Doesn't mean that I think Michigan is now all of a sudden a natural uh, college football playoff contender. I don't think that they will be with the style that they play. At some point, they're going to have to be a little bit more athletic. They did lose one of the best wide receivers already to a season-long injury. So uh, if Michigan's bread and butter is going to be running the football, I don't know if that's going to be enough for them, but it's going to be enough for them to win a lot of games. Is it going to be enough for them to beat Penn State? Is it going to be enough for them to beat Ohio State? I don't think so, but Michigan looks like they're going to be a pretty good team, which I sort of expected. I think I was a little bit higher on Michigan going into the season than a lot of people seem to be. Uh, right now, they're playing that Jim Harbaugh style that he likes to thrive with. Uh, again, it's going to win a lot of games. Is it going to win the bigger games? I don't know. But Iowa, Iowa is quickly becoming the team that I think everybody should be fearing the most right now because they play defense. They score on defense. Iowa has scored 21 points on their defense. They've given up, I think, 23 points this season. So not too bad for that Iowa defense. If you turn the football over, they're going to make you pay for it. So I think that Iowa having won two games already against top 25 teams, Indiana and now Iowa State, Iowa's to be reckoned with here. Iowa is a serious threat, and they already look like the best overall team in the Big Ten West. And I think a lot of people kind of suspected that would be the case. It would come down to Wisconsin and Iowa. But it's hard not to be impressed by what Iowa is doing, especially defensively. So I already know 
that that Penn State game going to Kinnick Stadium uh, in early October, it was already going to be difficult. We already knew that. Uh, there's nothing that has changed with that outlook. And we'll see what the next few weeks have in store for Penn State and Iowa. But uh, Penn State losing to Iowa, I always felt like a, is a realistic possibility. I'm seeing no reason to back away from that right now. I'm not saying that Penn State's going to lose to Iowa. Obviously, we'll worry about that much closer to when that game is played. But Iowa looks really good. And I think Iowa has a strong case to be considered the best-looking team overall in the first two weeks of the season among Big Ten teams. But what about Ohio State? What the heck is going on with Ohio State? Obviously, Ohio State's got some issues on defense. They've given up over the 30 points in their first two games against Minnesota and, of course, Oregon, who upset the Buckeyes uh, in Ohio Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Again, I certainly did not see them going down the way it did. But all of a sudden, the door in the Big Ten looks like it is creeping open a little bit because the Ohio State defensive issues could be a serious concern. Now, it's a ways away when Penn State is going to play Ohio State, but I've already seen some people that follow Ohio State a little bit closer than I do suggest that if Ohio State doesn't figure out this defensive concern, then a team like Penn State could smoke them. I'm, just, I'm saying that's what somebody out there said. I'm not saying that that is going to be the case, but I do think that all of a sudden Penn State beating Ohio State doesn't seem like it is that far out of reach for what we have seen these first couple of games. I happen to think that Ohio State is going to be just fine. I think they'll figure things out as the season's going on. They still have some players that are kind of adjusting to their new roles. Uh, CJ Shroud, uh, while he has had some freshman moments, he's also putting up big numbers. So uh, I would take the good over the bad in many cases there. Uh, CJ Shroud, the Ohio State offense, they're going to get their points. They're going to get their yards. And the problem is the defense is going to give up those yards. So it's not a lockdown Ohio State defense right now. You can move the football on them. You can score points on them. And I think if Penn State has shown that this week two performance is going to be more of what to expect out of them, then all of a sudden Penn State climbing their way to the top of the Big Ten East, not out of the realm of possibility. I still say that Ohio State is the team that has this division that it's theirs to lose. And until somebody beats them, I don't think that that's going to happen. And you still probably have to see Ohio State lose two games in Big Ten play. But all of a sudden, Oregon did it. Minnesota gave them a good run for a while. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Ohio State could slip up here and change the whole outlook of how this Big Ten East plays out. That could bode very well for Penn State. But before we jump back into Big Ten play, we still have some non-conference competition to take care of, including this weekend's game against the Auburn Tigers and, of course, Villanova in the game after Auburn leading into Big Ten play. But it's going to be all about the Auburn Tigers from here on out, I think, this week on the podcast, in addition to our Twitter Tuesday episode. But first, in our final segment of today's episode, we will run down everything that's going on in the latest AP Top 25, the Coaches Poll, and the Super 16 Poll, which I get a chance to cast my ballot in. And we will take a look at those rankings in our next segment. Hey guys, there are so many things that guys don't want to talk about, and one of them just happens to be excessive sweating, right? You don't want to be the guy that's going to stand out with sweat pouring through your shirt or with the sweat stains under your arms. You really just don't want to be the stinky guy, right? Nobody likes that, and nobody likes that guy. So that's where Sweat Block will come to your rescue. Sweat Block is doctor created and doctor recommended, and they work for up to for seven days per use. These are antiperspirant wipes. You wipe them on your face after you clean your face before the end of the night, before you go to bed. You wipe them on your face, wipe on your body, wherever you feel like you've got a sweating issue, just wipe down with the antiperspirant wipes and let them go to work overnight. And by the time you wake up and you get dressed for the day, wearing the clothes you normally wear, 
they are going to give you full sweat protection for up to seven days. It's really a lifesaver for anybody out there who's dealing with some excessive sweating issues or just has a little bit of a self-conscious mindset when it comes to their sweating. Check out the sweat block wipes. They are going to be there for you. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Send them to CVS, send them to Amazon. We're going to get 20% off at sweatblock.com using the promo code Locked On. If you are looking for the perfect protein bar to fit into your diet, or if you just need a snack that's going to help you get from your morning shift to your lunch break, or even just your break in between, look no further than Built Bars. Built Bars are the protein bars that taste just like a candy bar, and they're even more healthy for you and more beneficial for you than some of the leading protein bars that are on the market. I didn't believe it until I started doing my own comparison and taking a look to see what Built Bars have compared to some of the other protein bars that are out there. Most of the protein bars you get from Built Bar are going to have anywhere between 17 grams of protein and 18 grams of protein, somewhere between 130 and 180 calories, depending on which flavor you get. And by the way, they've got some delicious flavors, and they're always adding some more. My personal favorite is the peanut butter brownie or the orange chocolate, and they've got coconut almond, they've got cherry raspberry, they've got something for everybody out there, and they are always adding new limited edition flavors that you have to pounce on as soon as they are available because my goodness, they're going to fly off the Built Bar shelves as soon as they announce them. So you want to follow them on Twitter at bar underscore built. And as soon as they make an announcement on what flavor they have out there, that's a limited time edition, believe them because it's very limited. So head to builtbar.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 and save yourself 15% off your next order of Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a chocolate bar. If you don't believe me, check them out for yourself at BuiltBar.com. Final segment of today's show, we're going to take a look at the updated AP Top 25 and the updated coaches poll, as well as take a look real quickly at the Super 16 poll. And I'll explain my voting logic for the Super 16, I think, in tomorrow's episode. So come back to that if you have any questions about that. And of course, if you have any questions, make sure you submit your questions on our Twitter account at LockedOnNittany for Twitter Tuesday. And of course, if you're watching this video on our YouTube channel, feel free to leave those comments down below this video so we can get your comments read and your questions answered in tomorrow's edition of the podcast. And of course, we have another slight move for Penn State up in the rankings this week, which was to be expected. And I think as I was looking at the weekend schedule, uh, we already knew that Penn State, as long as they beat Ball State, was very likely to be moving up at least one spot. And that's because Iowa and Iowa State were playing each other in head-to-head -head matchup. So you knew that one of those two teams, which were ranked right ahead of Penn State, had to be falling down. So as long as Penn State won, which they did, then Penn State was guaranteed to be moving up at least one spot. What I didn't know was that Notre Dame was going to struggle once again with their opponent Toledo. Florida State, who Notre Dame beat in week one on Sunday night, actually, went down in a stunner at home to an FCS school in Jacksonville State. Uh, that greatly diminishes the value of Notre Dame's season opening victory in Tallahassee. And what I also wasn't expecting was Ohio State to lose at home to the Oregon Ducks. So Oregon beating Ohio State kind of threw a wrench into my ranking projections going into the weekend because I didn't think that Oregon was going to win. They did, credit to them, and we'll see just how that all shakes out. So as far as the AP Top 25 is concerned, Penn State is now officially a Top 10 team. I'm running down the eight Top 10 uh, teams in the AP poll. No surprise who number one is Alabama. 
Alabama's number one in the coaches poll and the AP top 25. In fact, uh, your top four teams are all the same in the AP top 25 in the coaches poll where you got number one Alabama gobbling up the large majority of the first place votes, followed by Georgia. Uh, Oklahoma comes in at number three and Oregon moves up to number four in both of the polls. In the AP Top 25, Iowa has moved up to number five, moving up five spots from number 10. They are followed by Clemson, then by Texas A&M, who actually fell a couple of spots following a shaky performance on the road against Colorado. Uh, Cincinnati moves down one spot, and Ohio State moves down six spots after losing to Oregon. Uh, so Ohio State falls down to number nine in the AP Top 25, and they are followed, of course, by number 10, Penn State, who moves up one spot in the AP Top 25. Notre Dame uh, actually is now 2-0, but they fell four spots in the AP Top 25. I think a lot of voters in the AP poll realize that it's time to start adjusting the value of Notre Dame's 2-0 record compared to other teams out there. And I think it's a very fair justification to be made because Notre Dame has no Top 25 victories. Uh, Penn State now has one against Wisconsin. Iowa's got two of them. Uh, Ohio State doesn't have any, but... I think that they get more credit for having played Oregon as well as they did in the grand scheme of things. So a little surprised that Ohio State stays ahead of Notre Dame in this particular situation. But Ohio State getting credit for a tougher strength of schedule at one and one uh, over Notre Dame uh, tells you a little bit of something. It also has something to do with where those teams were ranked previously. So. Good to see Penn State in the top 10 going into this weekend's matchup against the Auburn Tigers, who actually made a move up from number 25 in the AP Top 25. They're now up to number 22. So you've got a nice little top 25 matchup in primetime this Saturday night in Beaver Stadium. As far as the coaches poll is concerned, Penn State is still sitting on the outside of the top 10, uh, but they did move up one spot this week. The coaches poll has Penn State at number 12. Also one spot behind Ohio State. Notre Dame actually does stay ahead of Penn State and Ohio State in this poll, where Notre Dame is your number 10 team in the coaches poll, followed by number 11, Ohio State, followed by number 12, Penn State. Uh, UCLA makes a move up. They moved up three spots, so they're right behind Penn State right now. Uh, Chip Kelly doing some really good things with those UCLA Bruins. Uh, obviously a big win against LSU in week one of the season. Uh, UCLA also played in week zero, so they are 2-0, even though they did not play this past weekend. But UCLA... Oregon, that'd be a pretty fun Pac-12 championship game if things go along. And uh, just think about the storylines there. Chip Kelly building up a UCLA program, going up against the former team where he made a name for himself at the college level. That'd be pretty fun to see. We'll see if UCLA can keep that going. As far as the rest of the, the coaches poll there, like I said, the top four teams were the same as the AP Top 25. Uh, Texas A&M comes in at number five in the coaches poll, followed by Clemson at number six. Iowa does move up five spots in the coaches poll, but they only move up to number seven as far as the coaches are concerned. Cincinnati stays at number eight. So does Florida at number nine. Notre Dame dropped three spots to number 10. So some reevaluation among the coaches as far as where Notre Dame is concerned, sort of what we saw in the AP Top 25, although the AP hammered them a little bit harder. Uh, and of course, the coaches uh, gave Notre Dame a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt to begin with. And then Ohio State does drop down eight spots to number 11, which, again, I think it's totally fair. Uh, Ohio Iowa State obviously fell below Penn State as a result of their loss to uh, uh, Iowa this past weekend. Iowa State dropping down to number 14 in the coaches poll, down to number 14 in the AP top 25. Uh, but they dropped five spots in the AP, dropped four spots in the coaches poll, but they are now a unanimous or consensus, I should say, number 14 team. As far as the coaches poll is concerned, a little bit higher on the Auburn Tigers. Auburn coming in at number 20 in the latest coaches poll. What about Wisconsin? Penn State's week one uh, victor 
uh, victory. Uh, so Wisconsin is uh, staying at number 18 in the AP top 25. There was no movement after they were dropped there following their loss to Penn State. And they also remained at number 17 in the coaches poll. Uh, so no movement for Wisconsin after picking up a win this past weekend. So overall, you got a handful of Big Ten teams in the AP top 25 and the coaches top 25. No real surprises there. Iowa now officially the highest ranked team in either poll to be expected and totally deserved at this point in the season, followed by Ohio State, followed by Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, and then Michigan rounding out the top 25 in both of the rankings this weekend, the AP top 25 and the coaches poll. They were not ranked last week, but a blowout win against the Washington Huskies team, which is probably totally lost right now. Uh, hey, like I said earlier, Michigan has looked good. They've done everything they need to do at this point in time. As for the Super 16 poll, I'll just run it down for you real quick. Number one, Alabama with 46 first place votes, followed by number two, Georgia with six first place votes. I will tell you my first place vote went to Alabama. My second place vote went to Georgia. Uh, number three is Oklahoma. I actually forget off the top of my head if I had Oklahoma at number three, but again, I'll share my ballot with you guys in tomorrow on a post on NittanyLionsWire.com and as well as here on the podcast. But uh, Oklahoma at number three, Oregon at number four, so be pretty much in sync with the other major polls, uh, followed by Clemson at number five, Iowa at number six, Texas A&M at number seven, followed by Cincinnati at eight, Ohio State at nine, and Penn State at number 10. Uh, Penn State was number 10 in the Super 16 poll last week as well, so no movement there. They're followed by Florida, by Notre Dame at number 12, uh, UCLA at number 13, Iowa State at 14, and a tie for the final spots between Virginia Tech and Ole Miss. So again, I will share my ballot with you guys. I'm a little bit different the further down the rankings you go, but I'm in pretty much in sync with many of the uh, top 10 picks right there. So, hey, that's going to bring this episode of Locked on Nittany Lines to a close. And it was so much fun being able to say that this episode is now available on YouTube, but of course, we're also available in audio form on the Odyssey app and wherever else you get your podcast. But of course, now that this episode is over, doesn't mean you have to stop the fun because you can check out the Locked On Bets podcast. And remember, college football doesn't have to be a guessing game when you listen to the Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and, of course, handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You get daily picks, you got blowout specials. My personal favorite, the wrong team favorite pick, I was A plus on my personal wrong team favorite pick last week. I told you Iowa State was the wrong team favorite. Go with Iowa and the points. Let me say that that was pretty much my only win last week as far as my picks were concerned. Uh, but hopefully we're doing pretty well. But of course, you got to listen to Locked On Bets. Maybe I need to listen to more Locked On Bets so I can make some better picks moving forward. So catch it wherever you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app. It's brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. Like I said, you can catch every episode of Locked On Nathan Lines and Locked On Big Ten and Locked On Bets and all other great content across the Locked On Podcast Network on that odyssey app so make sure you download that odyssey app onto your phone and make sure you take it with you everywhere you go and of course we're available on every other podcasting app under the sun so make sure you give us a follow make sure you give us a subscribe it's totally free to do so and then leave those five star ratings and reviews if you're catching us on our brand new youtube channel we're just getting started and we cannot build this channel without you guys so if you're watching on youtube please leave a comment down below give this video a thumbs up and of course subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so you get notified every time we post a new video to the channel it's gonna be a lot of fun we're hoping to have some serious uh growth and uh, some fun opportunities with you guys in youtube so make sure you help support the channel with us that way you can also follow us on twitter check us out on facebook and on instagram we'll have the links to all of those in the show notes and the descriptions down below i am kevin mcguire you can follow me on twitter at kevin on cfb and don't forget to check out all of our Penn State coverage 
on NittanyLionsWire.com, a part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm also a contributor over on AthlonSports.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for watching this episode. Hope to see you again real soon. Until next time, everybody, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I'll talk to you again very soon.